Hello and welcome to episode three of season two of Sight of Vision. Frankie, I may stop saying season two. I think we kind of well into season two now. I think you're right. Okay, we're going to cover machine learning for patterns. I'm joined by Frankie, as you've already heard, and today's guest is Tony Trippi, a thought leader in the patent analysis space. Welcome, Tony. Thank you. It's a great pleasure to be here. Tony, it's great to have you on Cypher Vision, and I'm really looking forward to hearing what you're going to tell us about patents and machine learning. I know at Cypher, we've worked with you over a number of years. We've worked with you on a paper around how we can look at accuracy of machine learning, especially with the Cypher algorithm for classification. I was wondering for our listeners who maybe don't know you as well as we do, could you give them a bit of an insight into your career? Did you start as a chemist and then end up doing machine learning for patents? Chemistry was the only subject in school that I ever got a C in, uh, specifically uh, organic chemistry. Uh, I, I struggled a little bit, but I found it fascinating and I found it a challenge. And I, so I did actually uh, make a compound that, that ended up in human trials and became a billion dollar drug for what eventually was Pfizer. All patent people have some sort of technical background of one type or another. And mine just happened to be chemistry. Chemistry is essential science. And from chemistry, I went from the lab to working with chemical information, to working with patent information, working with uh, patent analytics, patent intelligence. And then just in the past few years with the advent of machine learning and the real surge of machine learning and, and patent related areas, I started to, to work along those lines as well. So what spurred you on to set up ML for Patents? There seemed to be a fair amount of misinformation. I would be remiss if I didn't talk about how much Cypher has contributed to the community overall. But there are some vendors who basically were going around saying, well, look, you don't need to read patents anymore. And all of this searching that you've been doing and all this manual review and, and basically what amounts to 50 years of patent-related items, you just have to throw it out the window. It's, 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 it's old school. It's, 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 it's not the way things ought to be done anymore. And you should be using these machine learning-based methods. And on the flip side, then, you also had a number of, of, of you know, for lack of a better term, old school Boolean-based searchers who were quite adamant that, well, you don't know what's going on in the black box. You can't trust the system. You can't evaluate the results. And so for anything business critical, you don't want to be using these things. And of course, the reality is somewhere in the middle. I thought that it was about time that there were resources available that took a middle ground or at least provided an unbiased view of what was going on. And so that's where machine learning for patents comes in. You know, the idea that it's a site where people can go and watch webinar videos about some of the products. They can read up on what's going on in the area. They can download evaluation sets. Uh, they can uh, look at presentations and papers and just generally become familiar with what's going on in, in this emerging field. And what, what feedback have you had from patent professionals on the site and the, all the resources that are available there? It's been very positive. I'm very, very grateful for all the support, uh, all the people that have sponsored series videos and uh, the people who have uh, made contributions with regards to sending me material to put up on the site. All these people are very, very focused on this particular topic and interested in learning more and about interacting with the materials that are being put up on the site. So the feedback has been very good. I've been very excited with how everything has turned out. And Tony, you've put so much work into all the resources that are available there. But if we can take a step back, 
Why is patent data interesting and who should be interested in it? My short answer is everybody. Anybody who's even remotely related to a technologically based field or business ought to be looking at patents. It's really as simple as that. Patents, above the idea that there are legal documents and they provide legal protection, they're also an amazing source of information. There's various studies that suggest that greater than 80% of the information that appears in a patent never appears anywhere else in the, in the literature or available, say, on the internet. Or So you're essentially ignoring a huge collection of really relevant information if you're not paying more attention to patents. I know on our last podcast uh, where we had Jason from Tech Insights, we talked a lot about patents being a great source of information. But who's missing out on this information? I think we just need to do a delta between Tony's hypothesis that everyone should be looking and the reality that everyone isn't looking at the moment. You can imagine that if you've got the largest library of scientific information in the world at your fingertips, it will help anyone do anything who's interested in technology. That could be an investor investing in a company and wanting to go and find the best companies in quantum computing, or it could be an R&D professional who's looking to go and make a buy and build decision. It's anyone who's interested in technology. What I think Jason was getting at, I know it's what Tony believes, is if you unlock this treasure trust of information, you end up with a transparency around technology trends that at the moment has been sort of locked into a pattern world. If you make a task hard enough, then only the experts can do it, and there aren't enough experts to democratize the information. It used to be a lot worse than it is currently. In my field, we call them gatekeepers. There's a whole industry that's invested in being a gatekeeper. And it runs throughout. It's not just patent information professionals. It's also IP strategists and IP attorneys. Fortunately, through the use of some of the tools like Cypher and and the merging of those data sources with other related information, like financial information, as more and more of this information becomes available then it becomes easier for people in those exact positions that you were talking about, Nigel, to be able to take advantage of it. And and that's going to be critically important for optimal decision-making going forward. So we've talked a bit about patent data. I guess the, the other layer to this conversation is all around machine learning. Has machine learning been a sea change for patent analytics? Yes, absolutely. The idea that there are Activities that used to take a month that can now be completed in a couple of days. There are activities that it would have been impossible for somebody without advanced training and exposure to very expensive databases to been able to accomplish that can now be done in a few hours. All of that has been driven forward by the advent of these machine learning algorithms and technologies. All of the the big advances that we've seen in machine learning have started from those sort of academic roots. You know, even Google was was Stanford. They were working on the the, the entire academic process of information retrieval technologies. So as those became mainstream, then they can be reapplied to other verticals. And that's what we've seen begin to occur here in the patent corpus. The patent corpus is challenging. It's different than written text. It's different from other types of documents. But now enough time has passed and enough organizations have got involved that you're seeing real headway, real progress in being able to apply what's been learned in in those other areas and and taking it into the patent realm. 
The area that, that we've worked with you, Tony, was all around the cipher classification algorithm. Do you want to talk a little bit about the work that we did together looking at, at machine learning there? One of the big things that people still talk about is trust. I, I couldn't possibly use a machine learning tool because everybody says you can't trust it that there isn't any transparency, that it's a black box. I'm going to have a very, very difficult time being able to evaluate the results that it brings back and be able to demonstrate that it's actually providing highly precise information. Okay, we'll focus on precision for a moment as opposed to recall the other, the other measure. But what we attempted to do was create a gold standard collection in a couple of different technologies of interest what that allows you to do is, is then be able to make meaningful comparisons and do meaningful evaluations and then be able to say that, look, a human being went and looked at every single one of these records, 1,500 in this particular case, and five of them are bot on. They're exactly what they say they are. And then there's a 1,000 that aren't that, but there's varying degrees of aren'tness, for lack of a better term. There's an old adage, you know, being able to talk about the difference between an apple and an orange. When you're talking about information retrieval, you could be talking about apples and astronauts, which is, means there's, there's nothing in common at all. And that's an easy task. Anybody can separate apples from astronauts. But when you start to be able to, to separate apples from fish, well, that's a little more challenging. It's both food, apple and an orange. Well, they're both fruits now. Okay. So that's a little more challenging. And then finally, different types of apples, Fuji versus a red delicious, which is the biggest challenge of them all. When we designed these collections, we, we had that in mind. It's a very well thought out examination of, of how you do this type of evaluation. In the webinar series that I'm, I'm working on, almost every single company has used that as their example. So when you look at the body of work in the webinar series, you can see how each company actually responded to the challenge of working with that data set and how they actually did. And that's a, a level of transparency that we just haven't had in this field. And, and it's, I think it's been very highly welcomed. And it's, it's demonstrating to people that this is for real and that they should be investing more time and effort into getting involved. Nigel, why was it important to us at Cypher to get Tony involved in this project? Without wanting to repeat everything Tony said, because of the need for trust, we need to move the conversation on. Automation is impacting every field and automation needs to affect the legal field, and that includes intellectual property, so we can move forward and not be so manual. I was in a law firm this morning, and they're finding it hard to recruit lawyers because part of their job is to manually read patents as part of due diligence exercise. No highly trained young professional wants to do that. And why would you ask a young professional to perspire when they came into the profession to inspire? But you can't just demand trust. You have to earn trust, and that trust means putting in the hard yards to have a, a peer-reviewed paper, to have objective industry experts. We're hugely grateful for the collaboration with Tony, who's capable of doing a very difficult job of reading 1,500 patterns relating to qubit or cannabinoids and putting them into piles so that we could run our algorithm against an independent test set. Tony's done a great job of bringing transparency. We've put some hard yards into proving that algorithms can do a job that was previously done by humans, pretty much the definition of artificial intelligence. Now it's time to get back to the why. Now you've got that capability, what problems can you solve? Taking that topic on, ML for ML's sake, what are we trying to do? Automation is, is coming to everybody's jobs. 
you can either look at that fearfully or you can actually embrace it and you can get excited about the efficiencies that it creates and the opportunity it creates for you to do more uh, value-added work. That's another underlying idea behind ML for patents. The people in this industry have more to contribute than just being able to do searching or being able to uh, create these buckets and, and, and put documents into piles. There's so much more that they're capable of being able to provide if they can get those really tedious, manual, time-consuming tasks off their plate. One of the things that I did for the World Intellectual Property Organization was, was developed a series of guidelines for the preparation of patent landscape reports. And there is a step-by-step process by which you create a patent landscape report. A few years ago, the patent information technology community asked me to look at those steps and to make suggestions for where machine learning could be applied to that existing process. Now it's just a question of being able to implement that. Even yesterday, IPO was talking about setting up a collection of best practices. And one of my suggestions for them was, now that you're talking so much about artificial intelligence and machine learning, why don't you start sliding that in? Not only sliding in opportunities, but also maybe even tossing in a few vendors per section for each process. Just continuing to build on this momentum and being able to get people up to speed on how it is they can change their existing workflows is really critical. It's definitely going in that direction. It's definitely happening. And I think it's just going to accelerate. Do you feel that there's maybe a smaller group of uh, naysayers than adopters now? Almost certainly. I've been doing things related to this particular field for going on 30 years now. And way back when everybody in my field was just a searcher and they were using pretty old school related methods for, for, for finding information. And that was it. And I came along and like, well, we could be doing a lot more if we were actually analyzing that information. We weren't just finding it and, and pushing a pile at somebody. We were actually analyzing it and providing insights. The industry really pushed back on me. And it took quite a number of years before people really began to, to accept that and get on board. And now they'll refer to themselves as an analyst more so than they would say a searcher. Now we're going through another one of those, those changes where instead of relying on the process that would take them four weeks uh, to put together valuable uh, business insight, you know, they can start doing that now in a much shorter time period. And it's also opening up additional avenues for insight because more visualization types are available, more types of, of analysis results are available. And then when you apply that to decision-making, And now you start feeling much, much more confident about the direction that you're about to take your organization because you're you're coming at it from uh, really great data, really great analysis, and lots of great insight. Nigel, this makes me think back to our first episode in series one when we were talking about evidence-based decisions. Any thoughts on what Tony's saying there? Probably can't let this moment pass without saying congratulations to Tony for your recent appointment with Owens Corning. I think you've got strategy in your new job job title. The official title is IP manager, but the job description very clearly says that I'm responsible for IP strategy for the company. This is now my opportunity to go in, work with the R&D people, work with the business leaders, work with the C-suite, work with the attorneys, pull everybody together and, and help drive the company towards its business objectives. That's the holy grail. 
as it were, for those of us in the patent information profession, that we are making an impact on the bottom line for the company. That is absolutely the point here, is that we are continuing to move towards greater and greater value to our companies by highlighting the value of, of this resource and patents. Francesca asked me, what was episode one about? Reminding ourselves about where this podcast series started. It was about communicating with other audiences, whether it be the CTO or the C-suite or the CFO. And they are not tolerant for people who come into the room and say, either listen to me talk gobbledygook, and here's a 50-slide deck full of patent data I don't understand, but they want stories and they want it to be evidence-based. And that's what strategy is about. I think of your many claims to fame, you managed to go and turn information into insight. And that's why I think Owens Corning are very fortunate to have you. I've also written some articles for Forbes and I'm part of their, their CIO network. And my editor is always telling me, cut the jargon. They're business people. They're interested, but they're not invested in your industry. They're not going to understand you and the people you normally talk to. So write to these people about why it should matter to them. You're absolutely right. That's what all of us should be doing uh, at a certain level. In order to have greater value within organizations, we're the ones that need to adapt. And we're in the the best position to do so because we have a, a really valuable insight to share. Once we understand how to communicate properly, then they love us. They, they, they want more. They come back and ask more questions. Tony, we've talked about um, how machine learning has been able to unlock pattern information for developing insights that are relevant for business decisions. What do you think the future now holds? What do you see happening in the next five to 10 years? Recently, I was asked to reflect on the intellectual property community and and provide a quotation. And and what I wrote was that within the next five years, patent searching with machine learning-based tools is going to feel the same as Boolean searching seemed to those people who used to search with punch cards or printed indexes. We're really getting there. And and, and the advent of tools like Cypher and, and the availability of the information and the continued advance in, in other machine learning tools and visualization techniques is, is really getting us to the point where people can have these resources available, can access it quickly, uh, get valuable insight quickly, and, and, and then use it for more and more of their decision-making. Tony, that's a fascinating conversation. But now we've got to sum up for the listeners, the Cypher Vision key takeaway. What would you want them to have heard today? If you haven't gotten involved yet with evaluating machine learning tools for intellectual property in your particular business organization that you really need to get started right away. I hate to say that you've missed it because we're not quite that far along, but it's getting to that point that you're going to be behind as opposed to an early adopter. So if you haven't gotten involved yet, absolutely get started. And there's plenty of resources to help you do so. There's so much scientific knowledge locked within patents. You have to ask why so few people have access to what is often described, as we've discussed today, the largest library of scientific information in the world. The conundrum is more puzzling when you realise that there is a profession of analysts like Tony trained to extract the insight hidden in plain sight. I think the answer lies in the reality that analysing patents has until recently been a specialist sport. With the advent of a range of AI and machine learning technologies, this has opened up the data to those Tony would say everyone who need and need to benefit from it. 
This is the time, as we say at Cypher, to unleash the strategic value of patents as a treasure chest of information available to all of us. Thank you, Tony, for the light you shine on the developments, the platforms and the tools that make all of this possible. Thank you for tuning into the CypherVision podcast series. Please continue the conversation on social using hashtag CypherVision and share your thoughts about today's episodes on machine learning for patents.